game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Well, it's a third straight loss for the Edmonton Oilers. They go down 3-1 tonight on the road against the New York Islanders. Yeah, they're a streaky team, aren't they? The Oilers' last 21 games. Lost four in a row, won three in a row, lost three in a row, won eight in a row, and now lost three in a row. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown for Heartland Ford, overtime open line. This one had a promising start. The Oilers scored on the first shot. Minute 23 into the game, Drysdale gets his 13th. They carried the play for most, not all, but most of the first period. But then the Islanders came to life, and Rob, we thought the power play might be a big difference in this game. <laughs> Oilers power play going up against the worst penalty killing in the league, but the Islanders turn the tables. They get two power play goals and a shorty in the second period. Well, and kill off a minute of a five on three. Uh, the, the Islanders penalty killing was fantastic. And if you look at the stats, uh, just one thing will tell you why, and that's block shots. Uh, the Islanders had 22 block shots in this hockey game. Majority of those, I would hazard a guess, were while they were shorthanded. Uh, the Oilers power play failed in an opportunity with a five on three, an extended five on three. Uh, they had a, another opportunity to to tie the game up with a power play goal. Instead, they gave up a shorthanded one, which extended the lead. Uh, very rarely do we say that the Oilers' power play let them down. Tonight it did. And I know that Bob talked a lot about analytical uh, the stats and all this, but it's I don't think it's a stat. It's just a statement that the team that wins specialty teams, the team that has the better goaltender, usually wins a hockey game, and that happened t- tonight. The special teams were farly in favor uh, of the New York Islanders, and Sorokin was outstanding in that. Not the Skinner was bad, but Sorokin was outstanding in that for the Islanders. Well, I, I think that's becoming a, a theme, Rob, and we know that the Oilers and perhaps Skinner specifically, <laughs> needs some sort of help in net. And, you know, now in the last, well, week, we've seen Vasilevsky win a game, and Skinner have an off night, an yeah. off period for sure. Uh, Bobrovsky do very well. I mean, yep. the Panthers were better than the Oilers, but Bobrovsky made the saves that he needed 100%. to. 100%. And, uh, and now tonight, the Oilers outshoot the Islanders 31-20 including uh, 15-2 in the third period, and the Oilers only score once. So, uh, I mean, we are seeing a gap in the goaltending ability. And I, I don't think the Oilers are losing games because of Stuart Skinner. But? But other teams, like, has an Oilers goaltender absolutely stolen a game or even a, even a point this season? I think Oilers goaltenders have had good games. I, I don't think Oilers go. I mean, well, the three goalies I just mentioned. Now, I know they're the they're the they're elite. the they're elite, and and the Oilers probably if they do add a goalie aren't going to add an elite <laughs> goaltender. No. But like we said the other night, sometimes you just need your guy to go toe toe to toe for for as long as possible, and that kind of hasn't been happening. Yeah, I, I think that the the games that the Oilers goaltendings played well, and they their team played well, so it wasn't where they had to steal a game. Um, 
And we have seen a number of games this year where the opposition goaltender stole a game, uh, was clearly better. Now, uh, there's going to be games where Skinner plays as well as he does and the guy on the other end plays as well as he does and Skinner's still the second-best goaltender because he's a second-year goalie playing against superstars. I mean, Sorokin's a superstar. Vasilevsky's a superstar. Bobrovsky, I mean, he signed a $10 million a year contract because they felt he could win them a Stanley Cup in Florida. So the it, it's like expecting someone on the Islanders to match Connor McDavid's production in a game. You can play as well as you want, but you're not as good as Connor. Uh, but there, there are going to be nights where the Oilers need their goaltender to make a save that no one expected. There's going to be need the Oilers when uh, they are having an off period to come out of that period tied or, or, or only down one instead of down three when they're badly outplayed, and that hasn't happened. Uh, but tonight, I mean, there's a lot of reasons the Oilers lost, and but uh, the Oilers' best players didn't get it done on the power play. The Oilers' penalty killing gave up a couple big goals against, which they haven't been doing as of late. And the Oilers needed one save, and I guess the one save would have been the probably the first power play goal that Lee got where it somehow got through the body of Skinner. Uh, this is a game, again, where the Oilers had the start they wanted. The first 12 minutes of this game, they were dominant all over the Islanders. But teams will find uh, momentum. Teams will find energy when their goaltender gives it to them. And Sorokin in the first 12 minutes gave the New York Islanders energy. Yeah. He, that should have been 2 or 3 nothing at that point for the Oilers. It wasn't. And the Islanders found their leg. And uh, when they're going into the first intermission, only down one, they're thinking in the dressing room, you know what? We were awful out there tonight, guys. And we're one shot away thanks to Sorokin. And in the second period, the Islanders were the better team. And they were the better team by quite a bit, I thought. Well, and even though the Oilers got all those shots in the third, I, I thought their more dangerous chances were in the first. I agree. Uh, yep. uh, you know, nothing against the save. Some of the saves Sorokin made in in the third, but um, yeah, I thought that him preventing the Oilers from being up two or three, you, you know, twelve minutes into the game, were were as big as the saves he made preserving the lead in the third period. So yeah, it's three straight losses for the Oilers. Uh, like I was saying, back and forth they go, and now two games under five hundred once again, thirteen, fifteen, and one. And we've been saying it, Rob, the the, uh, the effects of that poor start. Well, horrible start. I mean, they didn't start seven and eight. You know, yes. <laughs> if they if they would have started seven and eight, they'd be in a playoff spot right now. They start they started two nine and one, and that's like they they just had an eight game winning streak, and they <laughs> yeah. are two games below five hundred because, and that's what we've been saying. There, there is no, there is no leeway, and you touched on it with Bob with a couple of difficult games coming up. If this turns into an L five, and now we're you know thirty games into the season instead of twelve. Mm-hmm. Then that playoff cut line starts, to, and I know you're a believer, and I, I still think they can, they can put it together. And I also think the competition in the West is not as uh, might, yep. mighty after the top six or seven mm-hmm. as it could be. But but still, I mean, they're they 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 have used up their bad run already. They, they yep. they've used up their their stinky part of the season. And uh, the other thing that uh, you always are a little fearful of, this has been a healthy team. The Oilers have not had to play an extended stretch without top players. I mean, the Islanders tonight were out without three of their defensemen. Three of their top four or five defensemen out. They've We played a team, Ekblad out for Florida. Hedman out for Tampa. There's teams that have played stretches without their best players. The Oilers haven't had that stretch yet. And they didn't have it last year either. So you're always a little fearful that the injury bug will come and you've 
used up all your goodwill. Yeah. I mean, you don't have, okay, we can, we're, we're somewhere in the standings where we feel comfortable that if we go 10 games without some players, we're okay. Uh, yeah, this is a, a big game against Jersey. You do not want to go into New York, New York losing four in a row. You do not want to go into the Christmas break having lost five in a row. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden those games that you should win right after the break against an Anaheim and a San Jose, those loom a lot larger. Yep. If you've dropped five straight, now there's actually pressure on you. Not only should you win this, you darn well better win this hockey game because you are finding yourselves every time you lose a game because of the way the West, the West is, someone in your division has now moved a little further ahead of you. Yeah, I guess the way I would put it is it's, it's a precarious situation. Like, it, it's it's not a write-off. It's I would say it's it's a disaster, but it's very precarious yes. if you keep... Uh, and like we were saying the other night... Uh, eight in a row past one team. In terms of points, I know yeah. the points percentage, but ultimately you have to have the points in the bank. So that's how tough it takes. And we'll, and we'll update the other town scores in a few minutes here. Um, some games favorable for the Oilers, but the Oilers didn't make up yes. any, any ground on some teams that are likely going to lose tonight. Uh, Corey is the winner of a $50 River Creek Resort and Casino gift card. I set the line at 30%, the Oilers' power play percentage in this game. Well, it was zero. They go 0 for 4, and they allow a shorthanded goal. Simon Holmstrom, by the way, has five shorthanded goals this season. Yeah, out of the 10 goals on the year, uh, uh, that was a really pretty play. Uh, it was a... Uh, a mistake by R&H. He threw a blind pass to an area that he had hoped the Bouchard was in. Uh, when I was coaching, we always told our players the defensemen stand against the boards. That way, if you're not looking, you always know you can throw it back along the boards. So when you're being pressured, throw it along the boards. If you throw it into the middle, it's a guess. And it was a guess for Nugent Hopkins. And then it was a race. Bouchard wasn't going to win the race against Peugeot. But that was a, a pretty pass by Peugeot. And an unbelievable release by, uh, who was it, Holmes, Holmstrom. Yep. I mean, Skinner had absolutely no chance. And even I, Bouchard didn't play it horrible. I mean, that was just a great pass by Peugeot. And at that point, well, that was the one that broke the back for the Edmonton Oilers. That Instead of the Oilers tying it on that power play, they actually let the Islanders ex- extend their lead. And that was chase mode the rest of the night. So 3-1, the Islanders win it. Let's go at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Head coach Chris Knobloch. Begin with the assessment of your special teams tonight. Yeah, no, uh, you look at our, our winning streak that eight games and we never lost uh, a special teams battle and it so often comes down to that. I thought five on five, we outchanced them, uh, spent a lot of time in the offensive zone and this was one of the nights where we got beat on the special teams, which uh, doesn't usually happen. Uh, three straight losses, but you guys could have easily won two of those three games. How do you not let that frustrate you and continue focusing on the process? Yeah, no, we can uh, control what we can uh, control, and that's uh, the next game. And, um, you know, it's disappointing. We certainly could have had the last uh, two of those games, the last two of our three. Um, and, um, you know, I think... Uh, the next two games are going to be very difficult for us, but uh, certainly we can put this game behind us and get ready for the um, New Jersey game. Did you see encouraging signs of improvement from your team at 5-on-5 five five tonight? I did. I thought we made a good, a lot of good puck decisions. Um, spent a lot of time in the offensive zone, so we weren't, weren't giving it away. Um, you know, I think to score in this league, or any league for that matter, you just have to go to that net hard, and, and I don't think we had enough traffic um, in front of the goaltender. Um, 
you know, I thought puck play was good, but I think we have to um, get more bodies around the blue paint. How did you like to push in the third? I mean, lots of zone time uh, opportunities. It's one of those nights you could have just used a bounce to maybe get you within one and see what happens. Yeah, no, uh, I'm thinking about the scoring chances we had early in the first period where, you know, Leon scores first, uh, makes, uh, you know, that was a nice play, uh, defensive making the pass, forward bumping it back to him. And and then we had some chances to go up 2-0. And I think if we're up two goals, it just makes that game a lot uh, easier, especially... Um, the way New York plays, very um, tight checking, and once they have the lead, it's tough to score against these guys. But, um, yeah, no, I, I liked our, our guys' effort. There was no quits and um, some breaks. Yeah, maybe it's a different result. Sorry if this was asked already, but did the Islanders do anything shorthanded to frustrate your power play, or was it on your side the execution? Um, obviously, I think they did a really good job. I don't want to take any credit for away from them. Um, but, um, you know, I think there are nights that we go 0 for 4 and uh, we just can't score. And tonight maybe we one of those. Um, you know, I think probably looking back, we'll want some of our plays back and do things a little bit differently. But, um, you know, I think early on we had some really key opportunities to shoot the pocket, which we did. Um, and I think they came up with some big, uh, big blocks. So... Other than that, I'm not sure what to say just because, um, you know, I'll probably have a better opinion after I look at it. Thanks, Chris. All right, that's Chris Knobloch. Oilers lose 3-1 to the Islanders. Rob, anything stand out for you there? No, I think he had a pretty good, as he usually does, realizes what went right, what went wrong in the game. Uh, it was a good point, the fact that the Oilers scored first, second shift of the game, and then had three or four really good scoring chances. And they go up two, maybe it's a different hockey game. This is a, an Island team that uh, don't score a lot of goals uh, normally, uh, but they weren't able to get that extension. They weren't able to push the, the lead a little bit bigger, and uh, the Islanders feel pretty good about themselves at the end of the first period, down just one. So uh, it, it just gets a little bit harder now, though. They're, the next two teams are better than the Islanders, and the Oilers have to uh, find a way to, well, obviously the biggest thing for them, when they win the specialty team battles, they usually win the yeah. hockey games. And tonight was an off night for their power play and their penalty kill and got uh, picked apart by a, a good power play. The, the, the Islanders' power play has been striking uh, against many teams as of late, and tonight they, they tacked on two against the Oilers. Oilers visit the Devils on Thursday and the Rangers on Friday. I can tell you New Jersey lost 3-2 in overtime to the Flyers. The Rangers beat the Leafs 5-2 as we go to the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Entertaining game between Boston and Minnesota. The Wild pull it out 4-3 in overtime. They came from behind, had the lead. Boston tied it late, and then Kaprizov wins it in overtime. Blue Jackets all over the Sabres. 9-4 is the final. Hurricanes beat the Golden Knights 6-3. The Lightning pound the Blues 6-1. The Canucks are beating the Predators 5-1 with a minute left. So right there, a couple teams the Oilers are chasing having awful nights, and uh, you're not going to make up any ground on them. The one team, though, that, that, that'll scare Oilers fans is the Minnesota Wild. Since they've made their coaching change, they have been very, very good. That, to me, is the team that the Oilers racing with for that other playoff spot. Avalanche and Chicago 2-2 in the third. Ottawa leading Arizona 3-0. That's about halfway through the second period. Later, Kings at Sharks. That is your advantage. Trailer 
Rentals scoreboard. Dreisaitl scored early in the, uh, but then in the second period, Lee and Horvat scored on the power play. Holmstrom scored shorthanded. Islanders beat the Oilers 3-1. You can check in at 780-496-0063. That is our hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. You're listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 6.30 chance. On the left wing, Barzell got it to the corner. Pass in front. Oh, the stop made by Skinner. My word. Paul Mary slid that one in front of the net. And what an opportunity for Brock Nelson. Well, Skinner made a couple huge saves in this game, though he takes the loss with just uh, 17 saves on 20 shots. His save of the game there for Crystal Glass, call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. The Islanders beat the Oilers 3-1, so three consecutive losses for Edmonton. Yeah, Skinner stopped uh, Barzell on a breakaway late in the first period. That was a great save on a power play that kept it 1-1. However, the Islanders then scored later on the same power play. Yeah, no, it was a, a big save, and they just needed one more out of, of Skinner. It was just a, a night where the Oilers were firing blanks on their power play and an Islander team that's had a resurgence as of late, uh, playing much better hockey. And uh, Bo Horvat, who was always tough on the Oilers when he played for the Canucks, continues to be tough on the Oilers, even though he's moved to the Eastern Conference. And uh, the Edmonton Oilers unable to get it done and because of that now face a the prospect of a four-game losing streak unless things turn around in New Jersey here in a couple of days. Yeah, well, like we were saying, the uh, standings not 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 in their favor. They got to keep working. I mean, they they got to 500, they got over 500, and now bang, you're uh, you're three games below again. One goal tonight for the Oilers. That's a $100 donation to 6:30 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com as they are filling the net with $100 for every Oilers goal. McDavid's point streak comes to an end after. 12 games. Uh, McDavid minus one today, played 24-54. Ten shot attempts, uh, three shots on goal, three others blocked, four were wide. I, I thought McDavid was was flying tonight despite having a rare game without a point. Yeah, I agree. Uh, a ton of chances. I know that Bob uh, pointed out that he thought game, uh, that Evander Kane had zero chemistry tonight with, with Connor, and, and I started thinking back after he said that. I'm like, I don't remember a a good scoring chance for Evander Kane in this game. Kaiman again, continues to have good looks. It's funny, though, looking at the stats afterwards, Bouchard led the Oilers in ice time by quite a bit. He had 27 and a half minutes. Cody Ceci played 17. So Bouchard had 10 more minutes of ice time. They played the same amount of shifts. They both had 20 shifts. <laughs> Apparently, Evan was staying on a little bit longer because he played 10 well, minutes more ice time. At the end of the game, they had some long <laughs> shifts, obviously. But, and here's another thing we're, we're, we got to discuss. The Oilers, uh, with 5.15 left in the third period, yep. actually the fourth line had a good shift. Yes. Again, I don't mind the way those guys are playing. There was a TV timeout. And they come back from the TV timeout. Again, 5.15 to go. Knobloch pulled the goalie for the extra attacker. Well, it's funny. Uh, just recently, the Oilers had a game where I can't remember which team it is, pulled their goalie quite early. 
and they asked Chris Knobloch about, you know, when is too early f to pull a goalie? And he says, it's, there's really no time. It's all situational. He, and he talked about a couple of times how early he'd pulled a goalie. To me, uh, you're down two. It's different if you're down one, but you're down two goals. Uh, you're playing against a goaltender that is standing on his head. Uh, you've, at that point, they said he had made 29 straight saves. Uh, face off in the offensive zone. You've got your best players rested. I 100% agree. Uh, if you score a goal there, you can actually put your goalie in for a couple of minutes before you have to pull him again. Uh, they got a couple looks. Uh, didn't get the one that they wanted and weren't able to find the back of the net. But yeah, I have uh, no issue with that. The You're down two goals. When you have your best line out there, fresh, face off in the offensive zone, great chance to pull your goalie. And the others did and had a couple looks. Uh, and then unfortunately with 3.12 to go that was negated by the uh, or sorry 3.08 to go that was negated by the Hyman offensive zone penalty and then uh, the Islanders didn't get a shot on a goal in the third till there was a minute and a half left when they were on a power when, play when they were on a power play and as, as you said tried a couple passes you thought they, they well, shouldn't have tried well you were, they had the power play and McDavid and Drysaddle came out onto the ice and to me you got a two goal lead you set up in a, in a diamond uh, one guy on the blue lines as far apart as possible, two guys in the corner, and you have a guy in the middle, and you pass the puck around. You got a five on four. You don't need another goal. And Dobson, who I love as a player, that kid is going to be a star in this league for a number of years. He tries a cross ice pass, gets picked off by Ryan, and all of a sudden turns into an offensive chance for the Oilers and allowed the Oilers at that point to get their best players on the ice. So uh, you just, you don't need a goal. Don't force one. The last thing you want to do is go cross box. You make tight passes and, and and just keep everything and force the others and they eventually later mm -hmm. they started doing that uh it, it's funny zach hyman who is on a, an unbelievable heater right now and playing so well for the others takes two penalties in this game tonight and they were both crucial the first penalty had the oilers had i don't know what it was a minute and a half two minutes in the offensive zone the islanders were exhausted they couldn't change the Oilers had changed twice and the Islanders were trying to get the puck out, and Hyman trips a player. Mm -hmm. Didn't me? It wasn't like vicious, but he tripped a player. And instead of getting a, a, a power play of their own or getting a goal because they got the tire group, they actually gave the Islanders a power play. And then on the second penalty, the Oilers had pulled their goalie. They had had an extended stretch with their goalie out. They just got their face off the offensive zone. Best players coming out again, and off the face off, he gets a second tripping penalty again uh just putting your stick in the wrong spot that one was a real easy one to call but hyman who 99.9 uh, percent .9 of the time makes the absolute right play twice takes penalties tonight uh in the offensive zone both times negating good offensive opportunities for the oilers 3-1 the islanders take it whenever the oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com that allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. An afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca. Let's go back to Long Island. Here's Oilers defenseman Matthias Ekholm. Matthias, can you talk about the inability to capitalize on your power plays while giving up a couple of crucial ones on the PK? Yeah, unfortunately that was the name of the game. We lost it at the special teams battle tonight and um, we got to be better as a penalty kill unit. We got to be better as a power play unit as well. So um, that's on us. And um, again, that's uh, 
not great timing. We, we, need, a, we need wins right now. We need points right now. So um, we'll have to learn from that and be, and be better. When you lose, you lose a bunch in a row. When you win, you win a bunch in a row. How do you kind of maintain that even keelness that you guys are hoping for right now? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what we need to do right now. I mean, as, as much as tonight um, is no fun and uh, it sucks, uh, we got to turn the page quickly and, and move on. We have two more games before Christmas, and um, those are crucial games for us. So um, whether you do it by yourself, as a team, uh, whatever it takes, we need to just turn our heads around, have a good practice tomorrow, and then um, come back and play a good game again. Derek just shared that you guys are a process-driven team. When you look at the two of the last three losses, you guys could have easily came out on top in two of those games. How do you make sure you focus on the process and not just the results? Yeah, I mean, there's there's obviously good things about it, uh, tonight's game as well. I liked our start. I liked the first period. I thought we gave it, uh, I mean, the, to start the second, it's kind of like we, we, we turned a couple pucks over in the neutral zone. It cost us a couple penalties. They score. Um, so it's not all bad, but um, I think we... We were, we we made it a little bit easy uh, for them tonight. I thought we uh, could have done a better job there, especially in the second. But there's obviously good things. So also, usually there isn't a game, so uh, we'll have to focus on that, learn from the bad, and, and move on. Are they a hard team to get pucks through? They, they lead the league in block shots. They seem to to do that. Is that a challenge against them, or how would you kind of assess that? It is. I mean, they're uh, they got four good lines that that check really well they skate hard they they work really hard and you got to be on top of your game when it comes to the offensive zone where it's sometimes we might do a little bit more uh a little too complicated for ourselves and not shoot enough pucks usually when you shoot pucks you you can uh, be able to crack down defenses and and pucks kind of seem to go where nobody can really um, control where, where it's going and, and, and you can get um, guys out of position but um, again I, I think we did uh, we did shoot some parks but uh, I think tonight we would have maybe liked a, a couple more screens in front of their goaltender as well making it a little harder on him so there's, there's a lot of details that goes into it but um, they did a good job for sure That is Matthias Ekholm who had five shots on goal tonight. Had an assist in 23:49 of ice time. But the Oilers lose again. Their third straight. Islanders take this one 3-1. You're also going to hear from Derek Ryan. You can get us at 780-496-0063. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. On the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Another strong goaltending performance against your Edmonton Oilers. Ilya Sorokin is the first star tonight in a 3-1 Islanders victory. He makes 30 saves. Bo Horvat, the second star. He had a power play goal, turned out to be the game winner. Uh, Simon Holstrom with a shorthanded goal is the third star. Rob will give out the fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. Well, there were some line changes trying to get Leon Dreisaitl going, and they did quickly in this hockey game. As yeah, a minute and a half into the game, Leon Dreisaitl scored a goal. I thought his line looked much stronger with him playing with Nugent Hopkins today, so Leon Dreisaitl, my fourth star of the game. Yeah, his 13th of the season, Fogel and Ekholm with the assist. First shot of the game for Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't score after that. Had some close calls, but Sorokin uh, makes the saves. And uh, again, the, the shot attempts are there for the Oilers. I, I, I know they got to go in, the, the, you know, the attempt is... But you just hope that this... 
pays off after a while. 86 shot attempts for the Oilers, 38 for the Islanders. Well, uh, I mean, part of it is shot effects, as the, the Oilers were trailing in the third period. The Oilers sitting on their lead. Uh, but there was pushback. We have seen a couple games earlier in the year where the Oilers were losing going into the third and did not show yeah. up. So, uh, yeah, there was there was things that were good about the game today, but uh, you're, you just you can't afford to lose the special teams battle. You, you just can't. Uh, there's going to be nights the others don't win the goaltending battle simply because they're playing against some great goaltenders and they still have a guy who's learning his trade. But the others specialty teams should be better. you got the best power play in the league. You have a five-on-three power play in this game for a full minute. They needed to score. They didn't on get that. a good scoring opportunity. No, no, they did not scare the Islanders at all. I mean, give credit to the Islanders for playing it well, but still, you've got a five-on-three with the best power play in the world. They've got to make something happen there. Both of us thought they had a chance to tie the game. Being down two, that we had, we thought they had a chance to tie a game within two minutes. They did not. So, to me, the specialty teams was the biggest disappointment for the Oilers today. 0 for 4 and allowing a shorthanded goal. The power play update for Conlon Motorsports to help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online at conlonmotorsports.ca. And, and Bouchard did fire away a couple, not on the five on three. He broke a stick again, and he and he just about broke a guy's and foot he, and too. And he hobbled the guy, <laughs> yep. and and the orders, you know, with a guy without a stick and and limping around. Those were separate five on fours. Didn't take advantage of those and. Um, and we even thought a couple forwards. I mean, we know it's it's hard to doubt these guys, but we, we even thought on the 5-on-3 a couple forwards passed up shots. Well, Connor McDavid had a great chance. He was he beat his guy. He was in the slot, and he tried throwing it out of the slot to, to Drysdale, and completely understandable because we've seen that happen time and time again. But we also know that Connor McDavid with the puck on his stick in the slot is the deadliest uh, opportunity that the Oilers had. Uh, you never question these guys are the best in the world. They can see it on the ice better than we can see it from here. But the Edmonton Oilers, I do believe, passed up on a couple of grade-A scoring chances. Uh, and, and the thing is, even if you don't score from five feet out or ten feet out, whatever Connor is, there's chaos now because the puck is in the yeah. crease. Uh, trying to pass outside of the slot they got no scoring chance, no rebound, no tip, no nothing, and it just now you had to reset. So yeah, the Oilers had some good looks that they did not take, and at the end of the day, those looks and non goals cost them as their power play was for the first time in a while uh, more of a hindrance than it was a help tonight. Three one, the Islanders win it. Uh, you know we're going into the holiday trade freeze. What would you? This is this is the tough question. What would you give up for a goaltender? For someone who actually like, is like one of my children, you talk my <laughs> wife, my yeah. dog. Like seriously, um, I mean, I would think, and I, I know there's been some reports. I think Darren Dreger, I and mean, we kind of seem to be that Broberg would probably go the other way, and or Holloway. Quite frankly, if you're getting a play a goaltender, I guess who's better than Skinner or more experienced than Skinner, to put it that way? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know who it is or what's out there. The, the problem is when you go all in, like completely all in, uh, I mean, there better have to be some success because you got some big contracts coming up over the next couple of years, and all of a sudden you could have a much different looking team without any help coming. Um, and you're also potentially trading Campbell's contract 
which is a negative to the other team. Oh, so then you have to give them more. something else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's well, not just give us. We want to give you a lot for your goalie. We want you to take our minor league goalie. What? Now, Cassian. Did we not give up a first rounder to get rid of Cassian in his contract? I don't think that was a first rounder. Was it a second rounder for Cassian's contract? I, th- I think for, so. For one year left on a three million dollar contract or whatever it was, to give there's three more years left on five million dollars for Jack Campbell to play in your minors. That's at least a first rounder for someone to take that, if not more, just to get rid of the contract. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Oilers would have to. Oh get, no, it was a first round. Yeah, 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 and for Cassian. So just think about it. That's a that's a player that actually could play in your lineup. Lower down, but playing your lineup, and he was only making they they sw- uh, three they, million. They swapped positions with Arizona, and then they moved down again and took Schaefer. Anyway, yeah. So still, yeah. so you're giving up a lot to get rid of Jack. I mean, I the one thing that happens a lot is the Oilers do get uh, out goalied, and it's not because some nights not because your goalie played bad. He's just not as good as the goalie across from him. But the Oilers are going to, we, we talked before the game, there's a time here in February on where the Oilers have an unbelievably condensed schedule. Yeah, It's stupid the amount of games they have. It's more than every second day. They cannot ride Skinner at that point playing them game after game after game because we saw what it's like in the playoffs. And the Oilers right now, an injury to Skinner, you have a third stringer in Pickard. You have a Jack Campbell who right now is struggling in the minors, and then you got this kid who could be good. So could be good, but but you have no idea. Yeah. So that's how. <laughs> the, I mean, the Oilers are. I mean, look at the depth problems that the Oilers actually have right now on defense. They've been very fortunate. All six defensemen have been healthy. Uh, they got Broberg, who they're not sold on, and after Broberg, big drop off. Uh, I mean, the Oilers, if they want to make a run. And they're hoping to at the deadline. They need they need a, a veteran defenseman. Uh, they may need a guy that can score in the top six because uh, it has not been going in for some of the players that they expected to. Connor Brown, for example, and a goaltender. So they're only a top six forward, a veteran defenseman, and a goalie away from having what they need to to win a Stanley Cup. All right, three one. The Islanders win it. You'll hear from Derek Ryan when we get back. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad. All right, the first of six consecutive road games for the Oilers, and it results in their third consecutive loss. The New York Islanders win it 3-1. Here's Oilers forward Derek Ryan. But uh, is it safe to say that special teams is ultimately the difference here? Yeah, I mean, for sure that's that's the main culprit. Um, I thought we played a little sloppy in the second, some turnovers in neutral zone, and um, let the game get away from us a little bit there, but obviously special teams were a major difference. Where did you see the improvement on your defensive play when it came to 5-on-5 five five defense? Yeah, I mean, I think we spent a lot of time in the O-zone, so it makes it easy to defend when you're down there. Um, They obviously pack it in pretty tight when they're in the D-zone, so we were just holding on to pucks and um, trying to get to the middle somehow. But, yeah, defensively, I thought we played well. Um, Gave up a little bit in the D-zone there in the second period and and on the kill, but other than that, pretty happy with it. From mid-November onwards, you guys won three, then lost three, then win eight, now lose three. How do you kind of find that even keel 
that you guys are so coveting right now? Yeah, we're trying to just find that consistency for sure. Um, I thought we played a really good game, maybe not a full 60, and um, it takes a full 60 to win in this league most nights. So. Are these some of the games when you're winning eight in a row that kind of go your way, and if things aren't going well? Because if you look at the numbers, it's, it's not as bad a game as maybe the score would suggest. No, I mean, we're right there for sure. I thought we'd almost dominated five on five, but you could say the same about the Tampa game. Um, but at the same time, we're, we're a process-driven group in here. We know we want to get to our game. We want to win games, obviously, but um, to win games, you have to, to play the right way, and you just have to do that for a full 60. You talked about two of those last three losses. You said you're process-driven. How do you make sure you focus on the process and not just the end result? Well, yeah, we look at how we play. We know um, in between periods, we know if we're playing the right way, if we're getting away from our game. So, yeah, we've talked about simplifying things, and I think that's um, something we need to focus on just for a whole game. Next opportunity for the Oilers presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers in a couple of days, Thursday at the New Jersey Devils. It's on 6.30, Chad, with the face-off show at 4. Puck will drop at 5.30. Bob Stoffer will sign on with Oilers now at 2.30 that afternoon. You can get more on this game, more on the Oilers on globalnews.ca or 6.30ched.com. It is an Islanders victory. Two power play goals and a short-handed goal. 3-1 the final. Leon Dreisaitl scored for Edmonton. Ilya Sorokin, 30 saves for the Islanders. Connor McDavid's point streak ends at 12 games. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.